You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski. I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet. You can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts. You will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. Today's episode is brought to you by Pepsi. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. A lot to get to today as the Green Bay Packers get set to take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in what could be a potential playoff preview. The Packers, of course, still fighting for that number one seed. It is an interesting matchup for the Packers in this way. When the Packers got the injury report and you saw Mike Evans, good to go. Chris Godwin going to get back on the field. We don't know what that looks like. We don't know what this offense looks like with Mike Evans and Chris Godman on the field at the same time with Scotty Miller and Rob Gronkowski and Tom Brady. We don't know at all. And and luckily, either is Tampa Bay. (laughs) They've come this far and their offense doesn't really have an identity. It doesn't really have anything that it does particularly well. We don't know what they're great at. They got really hot for a half against the Chargers. They looked kind of bad last week. Mike Evans is not going to be 100%. It is probably unfair to expect Chris Godwin to be 100% in this game. What complicates this even further is Kevin King is questionable. He was finally able to practice in a limited manner on Friday. Unclear whether or not he's going to be able to go. So now Tampa Bay is getting healthy. They're getting their star skill position players back, and the Packers could be going into the game without Kevin King. Luckily, Devontae Adams, going to go. Kenny Clark, going to go. So at least you're getting your stars back too. And that is going to even the playing field here a little bit. But the the Buccaneers do have that element of the unknown. What is it going to look like when those guys are out there? Now, I I think it's going to take time for them to figure this out. I think it's going to take time for them to figure out the spacing. It's going to take time to figure out how those guys work best in tandem. Tom Brady is someone who loves the repetition. He wants to know that every time I run the three-step drop on this concept, you're going to be here because you're going to take this number of steps and it's going to take you this long and that's it. Aaron Rodgers is the same way. So it's going to take some time, you would think, before this offense can really get going. And and in a way, it's a good thing for the Packers to get in on week one. Because week two, week three, week four, if Evans and Godwin get healthier and healthier, then all of a sudden, you're talking about an offense that can be much more dangerous. They're really going to get 
probably the worst version that this offense is going to be, assuming it stays healthy for the rest of the year. So that's the the glass half full version of, of Chris Godwin, who was, you know, one of the three best receivers in football last year. That's the glass half full version of, of that. It's going to be a tall task. No question about it. And to, to not have Kevin King, we don't know right now. I think they're probably going to take it all the way up to game time to make that decision. Uh, and you want him out there. Just that big body to be able to throw at Mike Evans, someone who has gone up against big, tall, physical receivers, who's gone against Julio Jones, who's gone up against A.J. Green, who's gone up against Allen Robinson, gone up against Kenny Galladay. And whether he's excelled in those matchups is really not the point. It's that he's got that experience, and he's he, he feels confident to be out there. And if you're Mike Patton, you're confident in putting him out there. You're probably less confident about Josh Jackson. You're probably less confident about Kadar Holman. Think of the position that this is putting Packer fans in with Kevin King. Especially the ones who love to bring up every other day, hey, did you know? Hey, did you guys know that the Packers drafted Kevin King instead of TJ Watt? Do you guys know that? That's amazing. And of course, TJ Watt is playing at a defensive player of the year level again this season. Uh, but Kevin King would be a big boost for this team. That's the position the Packers are currently in. So let's forget about the Watt thing for a second. Now, luckily, both Holman and Jackson have the size profile that you want. Uh, They have the physicality at the snap that you would want. And Josh can still get a little grabby top of his routes. Uh, But from what I saw against Atlanta, he was playing faster. He was playing aggressive. If he could tackle... He actually would have had a decent game against the Falcons. He missed at least three tackles, but but was quick to fire his guns. He saw it and went. And I like that. You know, you you want to see someone playing with confidence. That was confidence. Now, it did appear he got benched. I don't that is a an inflammatory term, so I don't want to say I know that's what happened. I don't know that's what happened. There was a corner out to his side. It seemed like he was not in position where he needed to be. And the next play, Kadar Holman was in and he played the rest of the game. Unless Josh Jackson was hurt, that sounds like getting benched. Again, I don't want to say that's what happened for sure because, again, it's it's kind of an inflammatory term. We don't know who's going to play if it's not Kevin King. So... You have Jair Alexander and Shannon Sullivan, and that's great. Those guys are playing at a very high level. Jair Alexander is the number one graded corner this season by Pro Football Focus and and number one by a lot. So that's nice to have. You feel confident when he's on Chris Godwin or whomever, although he's given up plenty of size to Mike Evans. I don't I don't know if there's that big a difference at this point between Josh Jackson and Kadar Holman. Josh Jackson's more talented. Uh, he's a he's a, a more instinctive playmaker. I don't know if he's more consistent or more reliable. Holman made some plays on the ball against the Falcons and is a physical guy. They loved him in, in press coverage. So we don't know what the situation is going to be. We don't know if Mike Evans is on a snap count. We don't know if Chris Godwin is going to be on a snap count. Mike Evans was playing at 65-70% last week. And he's gotten 10 days rest. But even with that rest, he went out and practiced early and then was DNP early in the middle of the week. Now, he's not even listed on the injury report, so maybe that's just 
the ankle is fine or maybe it's just, hey, this is as good as it's going to get. It's not even worth putting him as questionable out there. We know he's going to play, but he's not 100%. He's not 100%. We just know that. And Chris Godwin, probably not 100% either. On the other side of the ball, though, you're going to get Devontae Adams. And this is a team that has shown it can score 30 without Devontae Adams. So now you get Devontae Adams, and you can just slide him in there knowing that he can win one-on-one matchups whenever. Just whenever. These cornerbacks are not going to be able to hold him. I mean, I, I watched a lot of the tape yesterday and came away going, you know, these are aggressive corners, Sean Murphy Bunting and Carlton Davis. But they haven't seen anything like Devontae Adams. They have not seen that kind of route running, that kind of change of direction ability. They matched Carlton Davis on Allen Robinson, and, and Robinson had nine catches for 90 yards, I think. He is not the, the artisan at the line of scrimmage that Devontae Adams is. And there's also a lot of, when it's not press, they're playing off. They're playing 10 yards off. And so it's a it's a quick five yards, and then let those guys go make a play. See if they can do something after the catch. I, I came away feeling like this secondary is vulnerable. And I feel like, you know, the situation with um, Vita Vea not being able to create that kind of pressure is a big deal for this secondary. Tampa is going to need to be able to stop the run because you have to make the Packers play left-handed. If they can't stop the run, it's going to be really hard to stop this offense because they can do whatever they want. The whole playbook is open. On first down, the Packers are averaging over six yards a carry. Your whole playbook is open to you on second and four. So the the Vita Vea injury is a big deal here. And I think Devontae Adams coming back. Now, as someone mentioned on Periscope, the the Buccaneers did get a chance to face Keenan Allen. Um, it was also Keenan Allen and an assortment of future Foot Locker employees. Not that the Packers have a great um, supporting cast beyond Devontae, but Tampa allocated a lot of resources to stopping Keenan Allen. And what did Justin Herbert do? He torched them with everyone else. I mean, Justin Herbert lit up this defense in the first half. Mike Williams was hurt in that game. So you are trusting Matt LaFleur to get these other guys open. You're trusting Matt LaFleur to scheme up some run fits that take advantage of Vita Vea not being out there. You trust Aaron Rodgers to identify the matchups. You trust Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Your mileage on that may vary. You trust him to try and make some big plays down the field. So I think that's where this offense can get to. And then going back to the cornerback situation with the Packers, Kenny Clark being back, we talked earlier in the week about what kind of impact it would have on this pass rush. 36% of snaps since 2018 that he's been out there. They've created pressure, and it's 22 when he's not out there. That's a big damn deal. You put Kenny Clark out there. That makes things easier for Zadarius Smith, for Preston Smith, for Rashawn Gary, who looks like he's coming back. Kingsley Kiki is taking a step forward. And I mentioned this on Twitter. Five of the top six defenders for the Packers by Pro Football Focus grade last Monday were trench players. It was Zadarius Smith and four defensive linemen. They play like that. You can stop Ronald Jones. And now you make Tom Brady beat you. And I'm sorry to say it. That's the best way to beat this team. So... 
Kenny Clark coming back makes it a little bit easier in having to deal with if Josh Jackson or Kadar Holman is out there. But Tom Brady knows those guys are out there. They're going to have big red circles on them if they're out there. And Green Bay's pass rush is going to have to pick it up. These these safeties are going to have to continue to play well. And they're going to have to figure out a way to patch it together. Now, they've done that offensively. Matt LaFleur has shown he can do that. We still need to see Mike Patton prove that he can do that, that he can, you know, sort of cobble things together when it comes to this defense. Before we get to the rest of the show, let's talk about Built Go. You've talked heard me talk about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. Well, Built Go is the energy that Built Bar can give you in a little bit former, in a little bit smaller formula. Easy to take. It's one and a half ounce packages. It's like uh a little pick-me-up. Put it in your golf bag. Put it in your briefcase. It's energy. It's focus. It's everything you need to push through that 3 o'clock wall when you might might have a coffee or a soda. Instead, do something that feeds your body with collagen peptides and the energy of a 5-hour energy without the same sort of crash. Plus, it tastes good. Three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and chocolate mint. It combines energy gel with collagen protein to give you that long lasting energy boost. Go to builtgo.com and use promo code locked to get 20% off your next order. That's promo code locked for 20% off at builtgo.com. Let's go. You're worried about the Packers injury report. I get it. But what happens when you wind up on the injury report? The Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network is transforming the way healthcare is delivered to make it easier for you to connect with the best of academic medicine when and where you need it. But what exactly is academic medicine anyway? First, it's rare. There are only 120 academic medical centers in the country. The Freighter and MCW Network is one of only two in the state and the only one in eastern Wisconsin. Academic medicine makes possible leading-edge primary and specialty care, research to find innovative cures for complex diseases, and the education of the next generation of healthcare professionals. It's like having a two-time MVP quarterback under center. You know you're in good hands, and you might just see things you never thought possible. Freighter and MCW physicians have been part of many scientific discoveries of new ways to prevent and treat diseases. Still wondering what academic medicine offers you? Visit www.freighter.com academic. The Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network. This is what is possible. All right, I want to get to some of your questions. And I want to start, we'll get to the Periscope ones here in a little bit. I want to start with a question, actually, that I got from uh, my brother-in-law. He sent me a text, and we talk about football all the time. But I thought, you know, this is a good enough question that I want to I want to address it on the podcast. So I actually gave him, uh, you know, an answer via text. But I'm gonna I'm gonna give you guys the answer on the podcast. He said, "I wonder how Matt Lafleur would have ended the 2015 season. Think we would have had to rely on hail marys two games in a row, or would he have been able to scheme guys open against the Cardinals?" I love this question. I love this question. Um, yes, that's nepotism, but it's a a great question, and it's a great question because I think it speaks to Matt LaFleur's prowess, and it speaks to the failings of Mike McCarthy. It speaks to the difference in those two guys and the difference of this offense, frankly. When you think about that game, Jared Aberderis, Jeff Janis, 
not exactly a collection of elite talent out there on the field. Think back to Monday night. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Malik Taylor, Darius Shepard. I mean, not exactly uh, the, the 2011 Packers offense. They scored 30 points because of scheme and because, by the way, Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, Big Bob Tanyan, Jay Sternberger. This is a much deeper team than that team was. But I think the point here is Matt LaFleur, you feel a lot better about Matt LaFleur's ability to say the the stakes are not any lower when we've got our backups. We need to have the same level of intensity, the same quality of game plan, maybe even amplify that if we can. Pull out some interesting variations. The Malik Taylor play on fourth and two will, will stand out to me because they run a play for this guy. I mean, this is a defined read. It's going to be a crossing route. The, the, the Falcons pass it off. Malik Taylor cuts back outside. It's a first down. Malafleur has to trust an undrafted free agent to go out and, and, and execute that. He has to trust that the Falcons are going to be afraid enough of it to play it exactly the way that they played it. And you have to trust him to make the catch and make the play. All of those things work. And this also speaks to Matt LaFleur's ideology of empowering his players. He trusted his guys and they rewarded him for it. This has been something from day one with this team to say, we trust you. We want you to feel empowered to be yourself, to come in and play with confidence because everyone, if they play their best, we're going to give the best players a chance to be on the field. Regardless of pedigree, regardless of contract, we want the best 11 on every play. And everyone said, cool, we're going to do it. It's not going to be about uh, hierarchies. It's not going to be about you know uh, off-season report cards. It's not going to be about any of that. It's going to be about the best 11 guys they can put on the field. And Matt LaFleur started that culture from day one. And here we are, 17 and three wins later, right? So I think that's a really important distinction to draw between the, the, the confidence. I mean, just think about the confidence you have now in this offense to play. Every time Aaron Rodgers drops back, every time you see a guy go in motion, you're going... This is going to work. I don't even know what the play is. I think it's going to work. Probably haven't felt that way since the end of 2016, maybe the beginning of 2017. So I think it's definitely a change that we can talk about. I want to get to this question from Chris. Hey, Peter, what's happening? BR recently wrote an article about each team's player that should be moved. While these are generally click pieces, yes, they are, they listed Michael Gallup for Green Bay, which got me thinking Gallup for Kevin King, who says no. King in a walk here, Dallas needs cornerbacks. Gallup with Tay, Lazard, Tanyan sounds much better than Shep, MVS, EQ, Malik. Uh, yes, that's true. Uh, I, I don't know why the Cowboys would trade Michael Gallup. He is still cost-controlled for another two seasons, whereas Kevin King is only under contract for one season. Uh, so you'd probably have to give up more than that. Um, and I think all of the reasons that we just mentioned are reasons why you don't have to do that. You don't have to sell the farm to get Michael Gallup. Now, if he's available and you can get him for a two, yeah, sure, do it. I'd rather have Michael Gallup than pay Kevin King for sure. Um, but it's all about the price. 
What is the price going to be? Uh, there are there are trades that I think Green Bay could make. And I know that the, the pessimist Packer fan is going to say, well, they never make trades because they never make trades. They tried last year. They tried. They went after a couple different guys, including Robbie Anderson, who, by the way, has played really well this year for Carolina. They tried to sign Emmanuel Sanders. They tried to trade for Khalil Mack. Now, again, the pessimist is going to say, yeah, but they didn't get him. Yeah, but. Okay, well, Emmanuel Sanders decided to go somewhere else. Allen Robinson, by the way, a couple years ago, decided to go somewhere else. Some of these is guys still have to try to go do the thing. Uh, I think Green Bay, if there is someone out there that they think can help them, that they will aggressively pursue that course of action. It's not A.J. Green. He's too expensive, and the upside just isn't there. Michael Gallup is still cheap enough that that could work. Julio Jones, I know that's been brought up, and I, I had someone reach out to me, um, yeah, a, a longtime listener of the show and follower of mine on Twitter, say, hey, what about Julio Jones? It was discussed on such and such a podcast. Way too expensive, and the the Falcons can't move on, really. It's too much money. They can't, they can't do it. Uh, there are some some guys sort of on the margins. Um, I don't know that they really move the needle. You know, if if the Chargers are going to give up Desmond King, give them a call. Uh, they have Chris Harris. You know, we know they have Casey Hayward. They've got a very good secondary. They've got some guys there that they really like. It doesn't seem like Desmond King is really part of their long-term solution. He can return punts. He's a really good slot corner. The thing is, Shannon Sullivan is awesome. He's played, he's been great this year. So, um, and and remember, I, I want everyone to to understand that the Quinn and Williams stuff from the other day was was put up by a fake account. Apparently, teams have called, and apparently, Connor Rogers from from Bleacher Report said, "Look, Joe Douglas has received calls. They'd need to be blown away by an offer. He's a first round pick like a year ago. It's it's not going to happen now." You want to call on Jamison Crowder? That starts to get interesting. Really good slot receiver. Uh, has a skill set that they don't have on this team. Him, Lazard, and, and Crowder. That would be fun. That would be fun. Who do you play in that, in that jet sweep position? I don't know what they're going to do there. Now, one of the discussions I was having on Twitter was, Pack, the Packers like having Tyler Irvin because teams are treating him like a running back. So you have base personnel. You have more linebackers on the field than you would than you would if it's eleven personnel. But if it's three receivers, if you use Darius Shepard to run that jet motion, you probably have got MVS and Devontae on the field too, or or two other receivers. Well, they're in dime or nickel. That's not the same kind of advantage. There's still there's still advantages that would give you. It's not the same kind of advantage. So. Would you run it with Aaron Jones? I don't think that's the best option because you don't want to wear him out maybe for a drive. Maybe you have a package of plays where he's the the jet man. They they did that a little bit last year. Um, they used him on that the shovel pass off jet motion, which I love. I think that's a fun option for them. I'd love to see them have Aaron Jones on the field with A.J. Dillon. I'd love to see that. And maybe A.J. Dillon on the field with Jamal Williams. Big boy football. Let's see what they got. Hey, I, I I was like half joking on this, but 
yeah, baby Bukowski definitely has some opinions. He's in the nursery. Give AJ Dillon the jet. Give AJ Dillon the jet and give him a full head of steam to put his foot in the ground and end a life. Can you imagine a 195-yard or 195-pound cornerback trying to tackle A.J. Dillon in space? Good luck. Now, I like if EQ is going to play. If Equinemius St. Brown is going to play, I love him as the Jet guy. Because you can give it to him. And it's not a big responsibility. So, Tyler Irvin is not a big part of the Packers passing game. He's not a big part of the Packers running game. But his mere presence on the field affects every play he's in on. Ben Fennell illustrated it in a great uh, piece for The Athletic. The difference when the Packers run versus when they run with motion is huge. Huge. So if 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 you're not ready to give EQ receiver snaps where you trust him to be in the right places because he's got to get more practice time, he's got to get, you know, up to speed with this offense, fine. Put him in the game and let him run the jet. Give it to him once. That's it. You affect the defense every time he's on the field because we know he's got the speed. We know he can do the thing. So you don't need to burden him with game plans and adjustments. Let him run some routes. I mean, give him give him some snaps at receiver. Tyler Irving does run routes and they do throw to him once or twice a game. Give him three, four touches. Don't put a ton of stuff on his plate. And let him run the jet because it's better than MVS. Then you keep MVS free for those shot plays. And it puts you in a position to have an athletic guy do that. I said in the in the article that I that I wrote for Packer Report, imagine how different last year is if all of the reps that Geronimo Allison got were Equinemius St. Brown. If all of the jet motion gives and just jets instead of GMO were EQ. And all of the receiver screens were EQ and not Geronimo Allison. Think about how things would be different for this offense. Everything would be different for this offense. So I'm I'm excited to see him play. I hope he's active. They don't really have that many other options. So even with Devontae back and MVS, they've got Shepard, they've got Taylor. It's not a deep group. So, you know, there there's probably a good chance he's going to play. I hope we see Kamal Martin too. Um sooner rather than later certainly. Um but I I like the way that that uh Chris Barnes has played. I always am worried that I'm saying his name wrong because of the why. It just screws me up every time. I don't know why, but uh I think the Packers win on Sunday 30 to 28. That is my prediction. I put it in the Locked on Packers newsletter. If you're not subscribed to that, go subscribe. We curate the best Packers content from around the internet. So the best articles, stats, and I put a little of my own analysis in there. I start off every piece with uh, a little bit of my own input. So it's weekly. I, I posted the link on my Twitter. Um, you can you can sign up for it. It'll be delivered to your email once a week, every week as we go through the season. Uh, so that's something that I think every Packer fan can benefit from. I started it because I was I wanted to have all the stuff. I wanted to have all the stuff right in front of my face. I want the links easily accessible to me. And I thought, hey, you know who might want that? Um, other people. So I'm trying to provide it for you. Uh, and, and thanks to everyone that that makes that possible. Uh, shout out to, to Jacob Westendorf and, and uh, the whole Locked on Packers crew. 
Uh, follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to be a sh- part of a show like this one, uh, you can hit me up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.